Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast series was created in collaboration with the Great Escape Festival, the festival for new music. The Great Escape is a three-day music festival in Brighton which kicks off this year's UK festival season. It is renowned for highlighting emerging artists and for showcasing new music. And this year is no exception with over 450 incredible up-and-coming artists from all over the world on the lineup. The Great Escape will be running from the 11th to the 14th of May 2022 across 35 venues all within walking distance of one another. In this collaborative podcast series, I'll be interviewing four key artists from the lineup and discussing their past, present and future and the music that binds those experiences. See you in Brighton. I think the main ambition is to be just unapologetically myself and to kind of take that as far as I can as like a a young black Nigerian British Mm. girl from South East London. You're listening to the Vocal Girls podcast with me, Megan Gray. This week, I'm speaking to esteemed rapper, Eni. There's pink black girls in my area, cold, dark skin, light skin, medium tones. Pemting braids, got mini afros, thick lips, got hips, some of us don't. Big nose contours, some of us won't. Never wanna put us in the media, bro. Wanna fat booty like Kardashians. Wanna fat booty like my auntie got a yo. We like the blood clot, tell her reload it. Born and raised in South East London, Eni grew up dreaming of becoming an artist. After being spotted by Hackney Artist Development Programme, Route 73, and working on releases with them, Eni was introduced to Georgia Smith and later signed to her label, FAM. She's since recorded a special colours show with Georgia of her enormous track, Peng Black Girls, released her own EP, Under 25, and has recently been announced to play the Great Escape Spotlight Show alongside Thames and Gabriels. In this episode, we talk about the music that Eni grew up with, the vulnerability of putting your lyrics out into the world, and the importance of being yourself. So you've just released recently your brand new track, Culture. How has the reaction been to that? It's been sick. It was, I was like, it was really cool to be asked to be featured on um, Bodge's track. So Mm. it was something different. It was a nice vibe. And yeah, it just happened organically. So I'm, I'm enjoying people like just hearing me on a different sound. I love the music video for this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the styling is absolutely amazing. Sick. It looks yeah. like it was so much fun to shoot. It was. It was nice to like, tap into the 70s. I keep thinking now like the 70s would have been my era. Like, yeah. I would have, I really would have gone off. I always think that. I always think I was born in the wrong time. And also there was no social media then. Yeah. so much better. It is, 100%. <laughs> so what, what have you got coming up next then? I'm just catching a vibe again, I think, looking for inspiration and just trying to make more music. So you're writing at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting back into it, just having fun, no pressure. Inspiration time. Yeah, I think. Got to do a bit of living to write about stuff and just want to get back to living, I guess. Yeah, it's so true. I think there's like this constant pressure to be creative, but as you Mm -hmm. said, you need to have... Like, it's only when you kind of stop, that's when you have the ideas, I suppose. thousand percent, man. So, do you want to tell me about what you picked for your past song and why did you choose it? Yeah, Swiss Cry. Bang on. That is, like, one of my all-time favourite songs. 
I think if like someone put a gun to my head and was like rap a song from <laughs> beginning to end, defo that is like my top three. You could do every single word. Every single word. Cause it's so it's like it's a song I, I remember hearing when I was a kid, and I, it just off the back it was like oh this is sick rapping, but then when I got older and like it was sick rapping, but it was like sad. The song is emotional. Mm. But then, like, the older I got, the more... And, like, I listened to the lyrics. It was kind of like, wow, like, this is really deep. Like, this is quite, yeah. like, really, really sad. Even though it's sad sonically, like, the the story behind the um, lyrics are quite... Just profound. And so it always stuck with me. So, yeah, I love that tune. It's weird, classic. isn't it, when you, like, li- re-listen to something as an adult and yeah. understand it on a new level? It's like, God, it that is. was deep when I was it, a kid. Literally. <laughs> there's so many songs like that. And you're just like, rah. I know. That person was going through it and I was like skipping along in a park coming. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that with like Amy Winehouse songs. Like after I watched the film and stuff, I was like, oh I my God. Oh, you should watch it. Is it? It's so sad, but it's so good. Ugh. I know you have to be Yeah. Ready. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, no, maybe I'll watch it. I recommend, but it does like, it makes you listen to the songs Is completely it? differently. And because they've got that kind of like Mark Ronson did the whole like jazzy yeah. beat around that you don't hear them with such, I don't know. Yeah, no, intensity. she's epic as well. Because oh. I took, I went back and listened to her catalogue again, and mm. it's just like the older you get, I feel like your your musical palette like matures. And I think even like getting into music, you the way you kind of listen to music is very different. Yeah. And so like the more I listen to, her, I'm just like, nah, she's epic. Like even just the songwriting and everything can. So you grew up in South East London yeah. and that seems to obviously form quite a big part of your music. So what kind of things were you listening to aside from Swiss when you grew up? Um, because I'm the baby of my family, I was listen- I was listening to everything mm. that my siblings and parents were listening to. So I just, like, I remember Grime was very prominent. Mm. Garage was, ugh, like, Garage was like one of my first loves. Um, and then hip-hop, R&B, a lot of gospel. Like, it was just a... A real like yeah, mix of different yeah. things. So I think that's why I ended up the way I did because there was so much like different types of music. Yeah, I feel like you can hear that all like twisting <laughs> into your music. So beautiful. Oh, thanks. So you, I also saw that you were doing street dance when you were yeah. younger. Do you think that this kind of influenced maybe how you listen to music and perhaps potentially even now how you make it? Nah, no, I don't think it did. Even looking back at it, I'm kind of like, I don't think I could actually dance. Like I saw a video, <laughs> I saw a video of myself and I was like. Ugh. I thought I was going off but um no I think it's just I think it's just how you experience again like the power of music and how you experience it and Mm. so you know how like people get up and dance when they feel like certain types of music I think music is just kind of the inspiration for everything else Mm. do you remember like your first experience with music I think I think there's like three moments where I like remember like falling in love with music so I think the first time was um, Sweet Like Chocolate and Flowers. Amazing. Those were like, I think that's like, you know, like when you get that giddy feeling, I just remember like, yeah. like oh, wow, like, <laughs> this is music. <laughs> and then I remember there was a Ja Rule song that I'd, I remember singing in front of my siblings when I was like seven. And I remember the way they looked at me because that's like, I think the first time I kind of like sang, they were like, I think they were in shock. So I, thought, I always would like remember that vividly, like, like loving music, like, no way. Yeah. How old were you then? I think like seven. Wow. So yeah. it was always quite a big part of you from yeah, like yeah, really yeah. young then. Yeah, yeah. And was it ever something that you considered doing as a job when you were younger? Because I know oh, you went into yeah. film. Yeah, no. Since I wanted to be a rapper since I was a kid. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like in primary school times, I was rapping. 
Uh, I love cringy. this. But yeah, I, I wanted to be a rapper the whole time. <laughs> or I wanted to get, in, I wanted to be a songwriter or a music. I wanted to do music. Like since I was a kid, that was always like the first thing I gravitated to. Like I had a my dad's keyboard. He like used to show me how to play the keyboard, and then yeah, I, I would like this. write songs like really young. And so I think it just started from there. Is that how you still write now on the piano? Do you still have? Writing? No, I should get back to it. To be fair, I think that is something I'm missing. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into it. Trying to get like back into making music rather than just having people send me beats and being able to do what I mm. want. I think trying to find music within myself. Yeah, kind of starting from scratch yeah. kind of thing. So when you were playing the piano with your dad, were you kind of rapping over it then? I was more singing. Singing? Yeah, like proper like singing. <laughs> but yeah, for some reason I took a turn to rap. I think because of grime mm. and I saw this little boy rapping one time like I remember like on channel you used to get that one kid that would rap and I was I, I was like that's got to be me I want to be that <laughs> kid so bad what do you think it was about it that you wanted to kind of imitate so much I think because I was also the youngest in my dance group right so it was that kind of like I like rapping and said so what kids can rap too so it was just that kind of like I want to do that I, I can do that mm. So it's interesting, like, you were the youngest in your family, you were the youngest in your dance group, so mm. you always had these kind of people that you were yeah. looking up to around you. Yeah. Was it was there a role model for kind of singing and rapping when you were younger? I would think just... I think it started off, first of all, being my dad, because he was the only person that ever listened <laughs> to my music. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I've got these new free keys, I know how to play it, so now you'd have to sit in the kitchen and hand me, like, press two... <laughs> oh bless him I love this I bet he was like that was brilliant yeah like wow so I think that kind of encouragement and then when I kind of got to secondary school I yeah my friends were just very artistic and musical mm. so it was just now there was this this community of people that we just loved making music and we'd be singing in the playgrounds any second we'd get someone would grab a guitar we'd make music so I think there was always that energy of creating just fortunately in my life so how how did you end up going into film or so then what happened there film. how did i end up going into film oh so i oh so i liked to write when i was a kid as well right and so i wanted i just wanted to be in the creative, creative industry. industry yeah i yeah. wanted to be an actress i wanted to like do everything and the older i get the, the older i got the more i started to write as well so mm. i would like i i was that wattpad girl like in secondary <laughs> school i was writing wattpad stories and I used to have like this notebook in school that I used to write stories in and people used to pass it around the playground. So this is like Wow. Yeah, like Keisha Disquette time. So it was just like, yeah, I've never I'm saying a lot right now. Even <laughs> <laughs> my whole life story. But yeah, there was um that and so I think because you can do a degree to get into film and you can't like have a degree to to be a rapper, mm. it was like, Okay, this is a career path, like this is sustainable, this is there's a pathway for this. Let me embark on that. And mm. so that's how I ended up getting into that because then I started getting into photography and video and stuff like that so so it's kind of cool now because you get to I guess do a bit of everything yeah there. do you think the fact that you went to film school kind of really plays into how involved you are with like visual aspects of your music I think so but I think it was always like that because mm. whenever I'd make a song like before even like in secondary not secondary in like uni times I would always like imagine the music video to go with the song yeah. or I'd imagine someone else's music video how it would be with the song and then they'd put out a, new, a, a different music video and I'd be like, why would you do that? That's not, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> so you I should think, write yeah, to ugh, There were so many J. Cole videos that I'd, I imagined and then it was just like, why did you do that? Like, that's not what I envisioned. But I think, yeah, it just goes hand in hand. I think it's the, the 
your mind. It's just every, what yeah. you can do with your mind, I think, is where it all starts. Yeah, you always had that kind of 360 approach. Yeah, I think it just it went hand in hand because mm. like, I spent a lot of time imagining stuff. So. so then you got a kind of nine to five type role and you, you were kind of feeling unsatisfied and you had this kind of voice inside you that was like, I need to... Leave. I need to p- yeah. pursue music. So can you tell me about how you were feeling at that time and, and kind of what was going through your mind that made you leave? I think it was just kind of the feeling of... I feel like you look at other people's lives and you re- like you know you always heard a story about the people that never did it. Like, oh, yeah. it was just like, you can just you can just carry on doing what you're doing and that's fine. But I think there was such a, like, a urge. Like, I, I always knew what I wanted to do. Mm. So to be so far from what I wanted to do kind of made me realise more, this is not what I want to do. I want mm. to do music. And so just during that time and even age as well, like the fact I was getting older, I was kind of like, yeah, this is my only time. And I was fortunate to have like support from my family as well because everyone was like, "Look, you're young, you have no responsibilities. If you want to like just quit your job to go do music, go do it. Well, like, we're, we're here for you." So I was like, "Okay." It took like a lot of building up, but we finally got there. It's amazing, and you're right. It kind of really does help to have people around you backing you because yeah. obviously, in so many situations, people are told like you, it's not going to be possible for you, or like not supported from the outside. So yeah. it's really nice that you had that kind of immediate support around you. Yeah. It sounds like I want your song touches a lot on this. Yeah, so I want was written like I think a year before I quit my job, and I remember just like walking home from work and listening to a beat and just writing, writing that. Like I think subconsciously making the decision mm. that okay, I'm gonna leave this job to go do music, even though it didn't happen like so many months later. It was just kind of like. I hate using this word because it's so overused now, but kind of like manifesting what I wanted yeah. and like just writing what what I wanted. Yeah, that's really interesting because yeah. it's almost like writing that song solidified where you were going to be because yeah. you were writing as if you were already there. Yeah, So you started releasing music and then you got picked up by Route 73 there. Do you want to tell me a little bit about Route 73 and what they do and how they kind of helped your career? Um, so once, the track wasn't actually out yet, so it was okay. really weird. He just heard this demo and um, my producer and manager now, he was he just reached out to me and was like, I'm a producer, I um, love your work, want to support the track, I've got some beats here and then he played I listened to him and I was like yo this is sick this is exactly what I've been looking for how did it feel to have someone reach out to you as well I think it felt because I'd released something prior and Mm. so I'd started to have people reach out but I think that was the first time that it it actually made sense Mm. like so it was just like okay cool like I could have been like I'm quite shy so I could have been like oh no it's all right thank you that I'm just gonna see what else happens but I was just like all right let me go meet the stranger and hear his tunes and yeah, it's just like everything clicked at that one point. And I was fortunate enough that he was working with um, Route 73. So he now brought me into this world of like just a bunch of artists and producers and this space where they 
they give you the space if they believe in you to just kind of work on your craft. So it's kind of like an art of artist development situation. Yeah, it sounds so like an amazing... It is. So it was just this sick space where everyone just wanted to create music. And I'd never seen that because I'd never been around other artists. And so it was just like, it was just so much talent and good vibes and energy and community. And that was, yeah, that's where it kind of... And that felt kind of supportive rather than threatening in a way. Because sometimes yeah. when you're around like everyone doing the same thing as you, it can feel like you're like, oh no, there's so much competition. Yeah. But it felt like the supportive way. It did. Because it was like, I think that was the first, not the first time, but like a moment where I remember people seeing me and seeing like, yo, she's an artist, like she's sick. Mm. But I'd never obviously done that before or experienced that like I'd had to, people tell me I was good but it was just like in a space for other artists to be like yeah no you're sick I see something I think that was like oh maybe I, like, I am like pretty decent alright yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose there must be a transition from going around being like I want to be a rapper I want to be an artist and yeah. then saying I am an artist yeah. I am a rapper it was a weird one do yep. you think that helped you do that then? I think I think it does It's again it's like very self-believing like, I remember when I was quitting, when I'd quit my job and people would ask me what I do, I used to feel uncomfortable saying, I was like, mm. I'm, I'm an artist while I'm doing music because I was doing music, but I wasn't, there was no establishment. Yeah. And so obviously it's quite easy now. People ask you, doing, oh yeah, I do music. And there's there's like a catalogue of what, there's a, a rap sheet. So again, it's just like confidence in yourself. I think it's one of the most important things. Yeah, you're so right. I think it's just deciding this is what I am, this yeah. is what I'm going to be and then just letting everything else catch up 100% <laughs> make it till we make it literally <laughs> the, the imposter syndrome is bad it like. is it is it's horrible it's quite destructive as well because you don't know your value and you might like compromise or do certain things you you, you don't need to do because yeah. you're better than that but you don't know because you don't know your worth something that struck me about what you just said when you said that you got contacted by your management and this time it felt right what was it about this I kind of this strikes me as showing how authentic you are because I guess as a a new artist trying to grow and build Mm -hmm. and you're getting contacted by people it must be really tempting just to go for like anything or the first thing that comes along because you're like oh this is this is an opportunity what was it about this particular opportunity that felt right for you I think it was I'd met someone else who'd offered me the same service so again just as a producer initially mm-hmm. and it, I did the same thing but it wasn't it didn't connect so obviously now I've gone to this person the second time around just to hear the music and it it just made sense it was what I was looking for it's, it's this size it was just like it yeah, yeah. kind of made you realize what was wrong about the other one not even wrong it just it's, it just wasn't the right mm. sound it wasn't yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't me and so it's just like everything, yeah, it's just, everything has, I think once things, and I feel like that's what makes me more, like, inspired to, like, carry on doing things because I feel like sometimes, like, it's just quite bigger than me mm-hmm. because it's like things line up in a particular way. But, like, nothing lines up that well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think life lines up that well unless it's intentional and meant to be. Yeah. And so, Yeah. <laughs> there's that what's that um that that quote it's just like something like I, i'm gonna get this really wrong now but it's like opportunity is a combination of preparation preparation yeah 100 percent no 100 and that's everything yeah that's that's something that i stuck on as well because there were so many times that if i didn't have that demo mm. when my friend invited yeah, me to the state exactly. yeah so it's all these moments that 
to yeah yeah so you have to like be ready for when something comes along yeah be prepared while you were involved in route 73 you were picked up by georgia smith and you were signed to her label fam mm. so how did that feel um that was sick so yeah that was just like that like during the pandemic as well that was just like a really bizarre moment like it was it was very <laughs> random how everything works but again timing and but it was very sick to have her like hop on the tune and everything and i yeah i've I've spoken to a couple of artists that were kind of signed within lockdown and just being so weird after like so much wanting something to happen and then it Mm. happens and you can't even really celebrate it properly yeah yeah. must feel like kind of weird like it's not really happening but it is kind of thing yeah no it did but i think i was fortunate that it kind of started happening when lockdown was the first lockdown was kind of easing <laughs> and so there was a bit more like we were able to fly to berlin to do the colors and Amazing. stuff like that so that was pretty cool but yeah i'm sure if it i don't think it would have happened the way it happened in the pandemic mm. i think everyone would have kind of been too busy like i don't think it would have there would have been time like she probably would have been like proper busy and touring and whatever so again timing i think yeah so what song did you pick for the present and why did you choose it? For the present, I picked um, Maverick Sabre's Middle of Eden featuring Sasha Keeble. Such a banger. I've been banging that song out ridiculously. <laughs> yeah, why did you pick this song? It's just a beautiful song. Like, just off the back, the their voices and the production and just the sounds. And it's just a beautiful song. And then like when you like really take time to listen to lyrics, because I'm like a lyrics mm. person, I'm a words person. Such a beautiful song. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel kind of like comforted, mm. doesn't it? Like, come to the middle of Eden. Like, that's so beautiful. Like, Eden's like described in the Bible as this like beautiful place. So mm. it's like, even when you can't breathe, when you need a, a moment, just come to this place. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I was listening to it on the way here. Oh, is it? Was, like, really? I was like, Oh, I feel relaxed now. <laughs> All that you need is to breathe. Like, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Come to the middle of Eden. Yeah, so that's what I've been banging out. And Maverick Save is amazing. He is. His song Preach, oh my God. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. It's, you have to go is and listen it? to it. It's so beautiful. I think actually he performed it at, um, he probably performed it at the Ali Pali. Oh, did you go and see yeah, him? Yeah. How was that? Sick. Like, I think that, that's the first time I've seen him live, so I'm just like, wow. And he sounds exactly... Does how he sounds on his records and I think that is so important listen he's got amazing showmanship there's some people that they sound better live and I feel like he would be one of yeah. those people I haven't seen him yet but I really very charismatic do. as well like yeah even when him and Sasha performed Middle of Eden I was in the back like ah, <laughs> yes like this is even her like ugh yeah sick sick so obviously you must have had a pretty whirlwind time since releasing Peng Black Girls yeah so how has it felt to have this kind of mad reaction from all these young women? Um, it felt inspiring and um, eye-opening, mm. to say the least. Just, um, I didn't think that people would <laughs> connect to, like, a tune from a girl from South East London, but it, it translated really widely, you know? so that was kind of beautiful to see. And obviously you did the Colours show with Georgia as well. And I really, what I love is, like, on this track, obviously, and Amir, you kind of, it's nice to see more so these days like women working together yeah. on music because I feel like before people are just so often pitted against each other like 
again, I don't know why I'm quote, talking about Amy Winehouse again. It sounds like I'm obsessed. I am a bit obsessed, to be honest. But um, <laughs> now I was reading Lily Allen's book a while back, and she was saying that her and Amy Winehouse were around at the same time. Mm. Obviously, completely different, different eyes. Sounds, yeah. But all the, the papers and everyone was like, it was Amy or Lily. And there was like this constant comparison. And I think it's like, oh, only one woman can be doing well at one time. Mm. But no, it's so lovely to see kind of working together on stuff. Yeah. I don't think that's especially in the UK it's not such a mm. a thing like I always look at the guys and the guys look like they're having such a sick time like it's like yeah the man them like, yeah. oh. and I think um, fortunately now there seems to be more of a space where women are connecting more mm. so I've I felt a lot of love from um, a lot of like women in the scene from like Little Sims Miss Banks Georgia like Shabo like there's no malice there's no qualms it's just like everyone appreciating the music we're doing and I think yeah. the more the more visibility we make of that, first of all, just be sick because I just want to see a bag of like the Geldom doing their thing, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. like aesthetically looking like wow, the Geldom are doing their thing like together, yeah. But also just for the for the art and for the culture, I think it's important, and for women to just see that so much more powerful mm-hmm. as well, like rather than us all kind of getting intimidated, which is I think what the world wants us to do. It wants us to feel com- competitive or intimidated, yeah. But actually, when we're together, it's so much stronger, and that's when you can create such important change 100% because we're always taught that there was only one seat at the table for a woman yeah. like it's a man's table and then oh yeah sure we'll, we'll drop a woman in but women are making their own tables and having a blast doing it so I think in time like everything takes time and I love the the Kim K lyric that's so good <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much no, same it's... very much same <laughs> well, is there a particular lyric in the song that people have like resonated with I think the Kardashian I think just mm. so said the first line the pink, there's pink black girls yeah. in my area code <laughs> I think that was a, a line that people really liked and um, there's also I used a um, Kano reference and people get gassed off that line as well well the people that get it get it if you yeah. get it they're like hey <laughs> and then some people just think the line is sick and I'm just like haha that's Kano's line yeah <laughs> There's pink black girls in my area cold Dark skin, light skin, medium tones Permitting braids, got mini afros Thick lips, got hips, some of us don't Big nose contours, some of us won't Never wanna put us in the media, bro Wanna fat booty like Kardashians Wanna fat booty like my auntie got a yo We like the blood So, um, I've read before that you kind of A lot of what you write helps you to become more comfortable in your own skin Yeah How does that kind of work for you? I think it's like a afterthought thing So... I'm like during the time I wrote Pink Black Girls it was just kind of like I remember the things I was seeing in the media and just think like it was just like a whole bunch of like feelings and frustration just like oh I'm so annoyed but it wasn't like I'm gonna write a song about it it was just like Mm. "Hmm." and so I think when things just come from a place of like organically just come from a place especially if you're a an expressive writer Mm. it's just a natural form of therapy so it just comes out how it comes out so it's never like intentional like oh I'm gonna make myself feel better I'm gonna write a tune it just Fortunately for me, that's just how I express myself. Yeah, and it must be kind of good to then hear people relate to that as well, because yeah. then it makes you feel like it's not... Because I guess you write something super specific, and then when people are like, oh, I really related to that, it must make you feel less alone. It makes you feel more vulnerable, if anything. Mm. Just like, sometimes you're like, oh, you don't want people to like really know. Especially like me, I don't like people knowing stuff. But now I'm in a, a space where people actually listen to what I'm saying, and it's like... It's so open, and so sometimes I feel like I'm a bit. Ugh, I don't think I'm gonna put that in the lyric because it's quite oversharing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it's super difficult because obviously part of kind of art is, in order to kind of make it real, make mm. it authentic, you have to be 
your truest self but yeah. actually a lot of that's really private and then yeah. you're having to kind of put it out in yeah. such a shared space yeah it must be that must be really difficult it's annoying but oh well do you feel like everyone's <laughs> reading your diary a bit yeah like yeah. sometimes i think back i'm like why Ugh, now people are gonna know this happened or i felt this way at some point in my life and then it is what it is i guess you can't overthink it it's all it's all part of the reasoning like i had this conversation recently with someone on my team and they're like but like that's the reason why we connect like that's the reason why people listen because they see a piece of themselves in what you're saying you might not be saying it for them your intention's not for them but Mm. people take it the same way like when i listen to certain songs like there's like little sims um she's got a tune called misunderstood Mm. and there's just like a lyric that just like was like oh my god like that i feel that like i get it and so it's just like but she's probably like she's writing about her own yeah and so it's just yeah it's, it's not it's not that deep like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess you have got to just compare it to what you feel like when you listen to someone's music yeah. and I yeah mean, that is music isn't it it's connection it makes you feel understood it makes you feel it it's a very special feeling and that's why we all love it so much and yeah. we're all alone in this together as dave would say yeah exactly so i wanted to ask you obviously about your project under 25 why did you call it under 25 um under 25 is i think was the moment i had the song under 25 i think was the song that i decided i was going to make an ep so it was just like i had this song and i was like all right cool i'm gonna make a project because if i'm gonna be an artist and a rapper i'm gonna have to make a project so while i was working i was like hey this is what i'm gonna be working yeah. on and so that's where under 25 came from i was also panicking that i was i was gonna turn 25 <laughs> and so it felt it felt like it made sense what was the panic around turning 25 that whole 16 to 25 mm-hmm. roll card and all the opportunities being from 16 to 25 when you're just like so what happened like am i like completely effed yeah. 25? like is there no help because i i'm struggling right now and i'm on the edge of 25 so does that mean i'm after 25 like well it is what it is for you there's we're not going to help you there's not going to be no support you just come to figure out life for yourself yeah i felt this so much because i'm 25 now is it <laughs> and i literally yeah because also i'm really nervous about turning 26 because i can just about any like scheme or anything you can just Mm, about obviously get get in but then i think the whole world is good to make you feel like if you don't achieve achieve your dreams by the time you're 25 then Mm. you're just screwed and it's just it's such a horrible and rubbish concept like it doesn't make any sense at all yeah it it was weird but you actually get over it quite quite well once you turn 25 it's actually like like, I was scared, but, like, I feel like after 25, is, there's so much more. And there's... There is, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to try and take the positives away from it, I think it's given me a bit of a kick up the arse that I needed. I'm like, okay, right, I've got five years. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it gave me a kick up the arse, too. But then, what's that five years? That doesn't mean... Why am I even saying five years? Because I think it takes five years for for ultimate change, like... Mm you're in from year seven to year 11 like you're a little kid and then by the time you leave it like you're this like you've got boobs now and you're like mm. you know you're a woman or whatever or woman quote unquote yeah and so it's just like five i think five years is such a a transformation a transformative time yeah. like i think that is a a nice time to look back and say okay this is where i was at 25 this is where i'm at 30 and this is very different mm. this is where i was at at 20 and this is where i am at 25 because no one's in the same place they were yeah when they were definitely 20. I also I do think it is with the music industry as well. I think it 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 does like focus on youth, particularly in women. Mm. 
Like you yeah. have to, you have to be like super young when you're when you're doing Getting something. Otherwise, it. it makes you feel like you're not, you can't be part of it. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, how is Britney Spears not like fifty? But then yeah. you're like she's like thirty six or thirty eight or something. You're just like, this is not make this doesn't make sense. Like, how young were these people when? Well, exactly when they started off because it's like been twenty years since you started. So yeah. I know, and they're just like young. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone from Disney, like Hilary Duff, like they're all in their thirties, and I'm just like, what? I know. You guys mad. were like 20 years older than me. So tiny weeny, just like baby yeah. children. Oh god. Yeah, it's a Friday night. Me, myself and I, over 25, trying to find a light. Trying to get it right, but if that's not tonight, yeah, I'ma be alright. Uh, I'ma be just fine. The track over 25, I really love how it kind of comes out with your worries, but then it's like really reassuring yeah. at the end. It's like such a nice way mm-hmm. for it to end. It makes you feel reassured, and yeah, I, I just really like it. Thanks. It's funny because I had to change the lyric because I wrote that when I was under 25, but obviously when it was coming out, I was like over 25, but it was like. Well, it's funny writing this song prior and then come like finishing it at the end at a different point in my life mm. and realizing yeah, it's gonna be just fine. Yeah, did your kind of thoughts around the song change then? Not really, but it like I probably wouldn't have written that song now mm. because even just like the vibe of it is just like not where I'm at now. Like me, and my friends and I like it's this whole it feels youthful, it feels mm. but it's just like I'm not there anymore. So it's kind of nice to to see the growth even if it's just like been two years or three years where do you feel like you are now i feel like i'm hungry yeah i think that's what where i'm at right now that it's like okay cool i'm here and now this is where what i actually wanted starts now like i got the foot in yeah trying to remember what what i wanted before i actually kind of got a start in what i wanted so it's just back to being hungry again and how do you feel when, like, in terms of pressure? Do you get affected by expectations or do you feel kind of comfortable in taking your time? I'm learn- I've learned that now. Mm. I think I did. I was having a moment where I felt pressured, but I just realised you've got to take time. Not too much time, but you've got to take <laughs> I think we're in such a transformative um, space in the world, how mm. people listen to music, how people consume music, how music is presented. And I think also just the pressures of that is kind of like, it can, you just you just want to be heard, I think, is the reality. And so if you don't feel like you're being heard, you kind of feel like, what's the point? Yeah. But I think just remembering the whole purpose thing and things and timing and everything happens for a reason. You just can't overthink it and know that what you your ultimate goal is, is going to happen because it's kind of what you're here for. Yeah. I think um, feeling the external pressures can be a bit debilitating as well it can actually really get in the way yeah. of what you're trying to do yeah at least a burnout and yeah burnout's good for no one so what song did you pick for the future and why did you choose it um i picked like this song it's kind of old now but this song by the artist called bex featuring kish called work um yeah i think she's gonna go on to have a really sick 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 career i think she's like dope and so I, I, in in the future I see this is what I see that is going to be the next she's going to be big yeah yeah she's different talented and she can bar and I think that's the most important thing and she's doing her own thing 
there's no one like her. So. Yeah. Where did you discover her? I heard the, my song was on a playlist and I was listening to the songs on the playlist and that song came up and I was like, yo, like, what's this? And so I went to go look into it and yeah. And then she opened for me on my um, my headline show last year. Um, and so, yeah, she's just sick. Even just hearing hearing her live, like she's she's a vibe. Must be really nice when you can kind of bring artists to support you that yeah. you kind of really believe in and love. It is, because that's how the game works. Like, yeah. I've realised a lot of it is also people hearing what cosigns and who you network with and mm. who, you know, play a big, 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 big part in the career aspect of your work. And so... Yeah, it's kind of like a little full circle moment now. It is. Yeah, it is a bit, but, yeah. She's going to go on to do a madness. How do you find performing live? Do you get stressed? No, I love it. Do you? Yeah, I think I always say the best parts of being an artist I'm learning are like actually creating the music and performing it. Those are the the two moments because those are the only moments you get to live in the music. Mm. And so, yeah, I love performing live. It's a vibe. Live in the music. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Oh, thanks. How does that feel to you? It feels good. I like it because I like performing. I think I've yeah I, I just always wanted to be a performer yeah. so I just I enjoy it I enjoy living in the moments and watching like people I think the first my first experiences of like watching people rap my stuff word mm. bar to bar but especially like songs that I thought nah no one really knows like I think those are like the most humbling moments and you're just like oh like people yeah. actually they know the songs oh my god <laughs> yeah it must be just I mean, I suppose you do get used to it, but it must be mad hearing people sing your lyrics back to you. It is. I love it when Pink Black Girls comes on because it's just, it feels like, oh, we're all in this together. I was going to say, it's interesting because obviously earlier you said that you're shy, but you love to perform so much. Is, do you find it more comfortable to be on stage and performing? 100%. Because you so get to be everything you're not, I think. And people are like, always like, have this, like, oh, like, you're so confident. It's like, haha. That's <laughs> no, not. <laughs> like, it's just a. Because no, a no one wants to see someone be shy on stage. Like mm. that's not what I, that's not what you pay money for. And so it's just, I just want to put on a good show. I think the music deserves that. And yeah. Do you like, almost like go into a different version of yourself? And, yeah, I, yeah. And I love that version of myself because yeah. it's like it's the it's the music. It's yeah. the it's the live the, the the music living in in the true capacity of it being unquote unquote any. Mm. And so then you get to go back, and just be who you are i think so this podcast is supported by the great skate festival yep so how does it feel to not only be playing the festival but to be doing the spotlight show with thames and gabriels as well yeah that's proper sick i'm really gassed to be doing that i'm excited to go to brighton i've only been to brighton once like it's so good in brighton and uh, i went like a couple of weeks ago i went like two weeks ago just for like a um a solitude trip and I was like yeah now I'm definitely coming back here with friends because this looks like a vibe like this seems sick so yeah I'm just honestly grateful to be on the lineup and I think it's going to be a really sick night yeah it's such a creative place right and every time I go there I just feel like it's be really hard to be sad here yeah (laughs) it feels like what shortage the energy that shortage has but like by the sea bigger yeah yeah and more freer I think (laughs) is there anyone on the lineup that in particular that you're excited to see um of course Thames I think Priya Raghu is born yeah. as well, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing her. She's really sick. She's amazing. She I've is. not seen her live yet, but I had Same. her on the podcast, so I'm oh, really it? excited okay, to see so, her. So, yeah, no. I met her recently, and she's amazing vibes as well. So. She's so lovely. She is. 
and yeah i've i've watched some of her performances like on youtube and stuff and it looks so fun. fun yeah i was watching her story recently i think she's in america and it just looks like yeah and that's like yeah you can always there's certain people that you look at when they're performing it's like hey yeah you got it you know what you you're got doing. It. Yeah. <laughs> i ask everyone on this podcast if they could change one thing about the future what would it be it would kind of be just for everyone to be at peace i think the world lacks a lot of that right now there's just a lot going on mm. And so I feel like there was a moment during the pandemic where I think everyone kind of felt, even though a lot was happening, there was like a peace. There was a yeah. there was a pause, like a sense of calm. Yeah, and I think coming out of that, it's it, there's we've it's done like a three sixty in the opposite yeah. direction. And so I think I just wish nothing but peace for the future. I know it's like have we not learned anything? <laughs> I feel like everyone was like, oh, we're we're gonna come back to the world so so differently it's now. Not- and- but I think that's what they want. I think, yeah, it's a weird one because I think we haven't also realised the, the true effect that the pandemic actually had on us and I don't mm. think the conversations surrounding that are enough. Like, it was a lot... People don't socialise the way they used to. People are more comfortable being alone. People are uncomfortable being outside and having conversations and networking when they were really confident yeah. in it before. So it's kind of like there needs to be, like, a second to recoup and then but there's been no time to recoup it's like your bills are going up and this is happening and there's oh a war God. and it's just like there's a lot going on yeah zero to a hundred literally Li- in seconds and then it's it's like i think it's also a point where because i was saying this to like it's like everything's changing and then we're all just sitting here and taking it and it's mm. i feel like that was an impact of the pandemic as well where it was just kind of like felt powerless yeah and so it's just like okay if the world can shut down because of biology mm. and the government want to change all right cool well, there's nothing i guess there's nothing we can do we just follow script and i think there needs to be a revival in, in rebellion because like again like not rebellion but well no yeah rebellion yeah. because fam the heck like a revolution yeah that word that sounds, that sounds <laughs> politically correct <laughs> no but rebellion like i kind of yeah i just you're right and it feels like you know so much of it's getting blamed on the situation in Ukraine mm. and actually it was happening anyway it was mm-hmm. happening like, before it, like everything's building up and you might even find that well I mean I'd not clued up on everything but like you might find that what the media is saying is not true it's just mm. like there's it's a, like yeah like I, and but since like oh so you've got to provide for your family like, people don't have time to <laughs> to have a revolution they got to raise their kids and pay their bills this and like we can't we can't falter because that's how we end up in the situations we're in right now and I know. And it's so difficult, isn't it? Because there's such a balance between if you read too much and you look around and you take in too much of what's going on, it's mm. it's unbearable. Like, it you is. can't get through your week. So it you is. have to you have to kind of retain some sense of ignorance, but then you feel guilty in that and it's mm. just ignorance is bliss. Ignorance what? is bliss, to but it's degree. dangerous as well. It is. Because you like just look at everything, even like young people. Like, why are so many young people doing drugs? Like, mm. everyone's unhappy, and no one's kind of escapism, any form. No one's kind of like the children are unhappy, and they're growing up to be even more unhappy. Like, so what? What kind of world is is that? Like, mm. what? What? Where's everyone's priorities at? Money, making the rich richer. Like, what? What? Yeah. What are we doing here? I'm happy to stand outside with a freaking poster and a yeah. bullhorn. With, with other people because I can't do it by myself but yeah I think yeah it's it's interesting how people have different opinions on protesting and mm. all of that but there's there is something even within yourself that feels emotional and empowering about standing with other people in a space yeah and fighting 
even though even if it even if people say it doesn't do anything it feels like it's doing something in- yeah it visual mm. i think that's what people need to see because yeah it's not cool and they they clamped down on um protests didn't they they've they like they did, the human yeah. rights so that's why people don't it's it's very mm. yeah it's like they up the jail sentence yeah, or something it's very it's a very weird place we're living in and exactly. i think with the media you're either you can either be misinformed or uninformed mm. and so yeah just you gotta just figure it out for ourselves but i really think we can't this is not the time to fall because once they have you they have you and i don't want to be had no i don't want to be had either <laughs> <laughs> should we make a pact <laughs> literally what's what's the main ambition for you with your music is there one thing in particular that you want from it i think the main ambition is to be just unapologetically myself mm. and to kind of take that as far as i can as like a a young black nigerian british mm. girl from southeast london with claire African features and like not the European standards of what yeah. they believe is beauty. I think that is my main, my main goal to just be happy in who I am and let people younger than me and maybe even older than me know that like, it's it's okay. Like I think we don't get that anymore. We're falling into this weird space of identity, and I think just being comfortable within yourself. Yeah, that's super super powerful in a world where we're constantly told to compare ourselves. To yeah. Others. Especially with social media and stuff like that, it's even freaking worse. Oh so my god! <laughs> I think just yeah, just uh, just have fun while you're here, because this is this is our one time here. Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming in. I've had such a lovely time talking to you. Me too, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much again to Annie. A reminder that she is playing the Great Escape Spotlight Show alongside Thames and Gabriel's. So definitely go and check that out if you are heading down to the festival. Next week, I'll be speaking to singer-songwriter Lola Young, so do turn on notifications to be alerted to that episode if you're a fan. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please do subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you'd like to find out more about Focal Girls, we're at Focal Girls Club on socials and focalgirls.com. And you can find The Great Escape over at Great Escape Fest on socials or greatescapefestival.com online. You've been listening to the Vocal Girls podcast. I've been your host, Megan Gray. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week for the next episode with Lola.